Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a very special guest, a returning member of the show, returning guest of the show, you could say. We are joined by Hawkeye Reports' Kyle Huseman. He's going to be talking about women's college basketball, uh, specifically, obviously, the Iowa women's basketball team. At the end, we're going to hop into a little bit of talk about the Iowa baseball team. But we're breaking down this entire NCAA bracket for the Iowa women's side. I'm trying to give you a full preview of that as that takes place and begins to kick off uh, this upcoming weekend as well. Before we get to all of that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. And this episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. So before we get into it, Kyle, uh, you're on spring break. How are you doing today, man? How are you feeling? How's everything going for you? Too bad. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's totally fine. I figured it. All of a sudden, it was just completely frozen. I was like, I don't think. This is working, uh, but no, you're back. Yeah, I'm just giving a, an too, intro. Man. Oh, makes All sense. Right. Yeah, so I just give an intro. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, man. I'm glad you're doing well. I know you're on spring break, so I appreciate your flexibility and being willing to come on. You have quite a a different spring break plan than uh, the many college students. You are going to be covering the Iowa women's basketball team as they have hopefully two games at Carver Hawkeye Arena this weekend. Um, before we get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about National Player of the Year conversation because there's been a lot of debate from everyone outside of the Iowa bubble about whether it should be Elijah Boston or Caitlin Clark. And everything I see seemingly points towards Elijah Boston. But when you look at what these two players do, statistically speaking, Caitlin Clark owns her in everything, especially when you um, try to normalize four positions and what each position typically will do. And then you look at the team impact. And I feel like Iowa without Caitlin Clark is a bubble squad or, you know, not maybe not a bubble, but somewhere in that, that range, right? They're not, they're not a number two seed and South Carolina without Elijah Boston, probably still a one seed, maybe a two seed at the worst. So uh, I just, I don't understand what the critics are saying out there about Caitlin Clark. Uh, what is your thoughts? What is your breakdown on that situation? I mean, Aaliyah Boston's obviously a great basketball player. Um, she, she's obviously one of the best in the nation, so that's why she's in the conversation. Um, great, great score. Uh, obviously a great rebounder, both offense and defensive boards. Um, but, yeah, you're. I mean, when you compare the s- stats, I mean, Caitlin Clark's leading the nation in scoring. Uh, if she's not, she's not leading, she's second. Um, I mean, you talk about what she can do, scoring standpoint, whether it's three-pointers from the range that she has. Uh, driving to the hoop, getting fouled, getting to the free throw line, and then the, the her ability to dump off assists to whether it's Monica Sonano or kick it out to to Warnock or Gabby Marshall or Kate Martin for a three, um, she just does so much for the team. And and her impact isn't. I think a lot of people like to just look at the scoring, but it's incredible that she not only leads the nation in scoring, but she leads the nation in assists. Um, so all the baskets that she accounts for in every single game is incredible. 
And like I said, Aaliyah Boston's a great basketball player. Other great players. I know Melissa Smith from Baylor's uh, in the conversation as well. Um, but I mean, just watching Caitlin Clark play and then all the impact or all the impact she has off the court when you talk about uh, how many NBA players have talked about her game, uh, just what you see on Twitter after games when Caitlin goes and makes a logo three or something, just all the talk on Twitter, uh, things like that. It's hard to it's hard to imagine that that Aaliyah's doing anything near the same for that. I, I personally don't see Aaliyah Boston all Twitter after games. Um, yeah. And it's not because I don't follow Sina fans. It's just because all the big accounts, whether whether it's Bleacher Report or ESPN or even at, or the NBA players I talked about, they're just not tweeting about Aaliyah Boston after games. So um, I guess that really might not be factored into the to the debate um, to the, whoever's voting for it. But, I mean, I think it has to be um, just, just not only doing on the court, but what she's doing for women's basketball. Yeah, I, I would completely, completely agree. I'm actually going to give – two stories I think that kind of highlight the impact of Caitlin Clark, um, especially considering the impact she's had within the state um, for young women, young females all around. Uh, my, my best friend is a huge Iowa fan. He has two daughters. Uh, one is, oh man, I think she's turning five. She, I think she's maybe four and a half right now turning five. Um, he was watching the the men's basketball game and her, she came up to her or to him and she's like, why don't why aren't there any women playing and he's like oh wait we we got some women playing and he took her to her first game which was the iowa versus michigan game and they had an absolute blast and that was her first entrance into women's basketball and she loves it now right that's super exciting um you look at caitlin clark and her nil stuff right she just came out with a, a, a jersey i have never in my life thought of, i don't really purchase basketball jerseys in general but I have never purchased a women's basketball jersey, and that is not a, a knock on that. I just, it's just not not at the top of my mind. I, I don't watch a, a ton of women's basketball, but I watch every Iowa women's basketball game. And now I'm pre-ordered for Caitlin Clark's jersey because it is it's first of all it's a sick jersey. Second of all, she's just a phenomenal player, and what this women's team is doing is just so fun to watch. Uh, they just, it, it's fun to be an Iowa Hawkeye fan right now. Um, but let's get into the tournament. This year and every year, really, there's a lot of disparity between the top seeds and the lower seeds. And I think specifically those those number one seeds and the number two seeds, there's quite a difference between those typically. We saw it with Iowa a few years ago with Megan Gustafson taking on Baylor. Iowa wasn't in the same league as, to be fair, as those one seeds. Um, what do you see this year? Is there still that same level of disparity on paper between those one and those two seeds? Yeah, I mean... You have South Carolina. You've got State, NC State. Those are very good teams. Um, I would say they're probably a little bit better than the two seeds and and more to three and fours like that. Um, but not the same as every year. It's it's to me from women's basketball this year. It's not the type of tournament where it's been the last you know ten fifteen uh, really since the beginning where it feels like you know maybe it's Connecticut or a Baylor where they just go out and can beat everybody and you really it's really like going to win until they get to the national championship type thing. Um, I don't feel like it's like that this year. I feel like there could be um, someone that loses before, you know, the final four type type deal this year. I think women's basketball this year is a lot, has a lot than it ever has. And and the players at Iowa have talked about that this year. Just Caitlin, I know she watches a lot of women's basketball um, outside of the games, obviously. And, and she said that she thinks this year is a little bit different where it seems like uh, there's a, little, a few more upsets. I mean, 
South Carolina lost to Missouri, uh, is playing as an 11 seed this year, I believe. Um, Miami beat Louisville, and Miami's a nine seed. So Kentucky also beat just beat South Carolina in the SEC, and Kentucky's a six seed. So I mean, there are there have been some games this year um, where upsets have happened. So I think I think the one seeds are better, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't just pencil them into the Final Four like you usually can. Yeah, I mean, usually you look at that bracket and you just chalk it up. You basically take your higher seeds for the most part, barring any inside information you might have from watching the women's games. But it's a little bit different this year. And I want to talk about that because when you look at Iowa's, you know, kind of path to probably facing South Carolina, barring an upset, um, it's it's not it's not just chalk, right? It's not just this easy consider Iowa to be in the elite eight because they are the number two seed, which you can sometimes do with some of those top seeds. I want to talk about that here in a few short moments, but first uh, Kyle, I know we both love this. We love March madness. March madness is this week, but I honestly cannot remember a single time where I actually won any money on my March madness bracket. I literally lose every single time. Like this is a great day. The first like three games I hit and like, I'm a genius. And then I literally lose the next like 16 upsets and all of a sudden my bracket's broken and, and March Madness and the brackets kind of stink. But that's why I am hedging my best this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know the best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage of resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. Basically, they post a set of players, and you pick a set of players to play against them. It's that easy. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So go to, to, go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up today for free right now and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you again for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure to check out our Lockdown Bracket Breakdown, which posted yesterday right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. That's on the men's side, but we are here talking about the women's side. Uh, Kyle, we talked a little bit about the one versus two seed disparity. Now I want to talk about the path that Iowa has to get to South Carolina. It starts with Illinois State, who won the Missouri Valley Conference tournament as a four seed. So not exactly – it should, should relatively be an easier game for Iowa, especially playing at Carver. That's how that first game should be for those round of 64 games, especially for a two seed. After that, though – they get a Creighton or a Colorado team. Both teams ranked in the top 35, according to the net ranking. Uh, quality opponents, nonetheless, that you're getting in that second round. After that, you're probably getting Iowa State, which I really don't like them putting Iowa State on our side of the bracket. Um, as a State of Iowa fan, I would love to see Iowa State have an opportunity to go far as well. And I don't want to see those two teams cannibalize themselves um, in the tournament. After that, you're getting South Carolina more than likely. What was your initial reaction to Iowa getting a two seed and Iowa's draw with this bracket? Yeah, I, I think the two seed uh, was a little, and actually to me it was very surprising. I had I had written an article basically that they were locked in as a three seed. Um, I just didn't see them moving up to a two seed, especially over Iowa State, a team that they lost to earlier in the year. Um, but the big reason was was just the way they ended the season—a seven-game win streak. 
Uh, six of those games were quad one wins. Uh, you're talking about beating Indiana three times. Uh, that's very hard to do when they've been a top 15 team all season. They're at the win against Michigan. Uh, they had a win against Nebraska in the 10 tournament. Um, so that's really why they got moved up to a two is just the end this season. Um, so that was surprising. Looking at the draw, though, I mean, Illinois State in the first round, like you said, they, they won the MVC. Uh, they were a four seed. Uh, they're they're a pretty good team. They, they are very they're 321st in pace of play. Um, so they're not a team that likes to get out. Iowa will try to get out early in the game, use their transition game, uh, and if they can get up early, in the game, it, sh- it shouldn't be a big deal. Be able to win pretty handily. Which you said what you expect from a 215 matchup. Uh, you shouldn't have to have to try that hard necessarily uh, because you're supposed to be rewarded for the season that you had. Um, going forward. Colorado and Creighton is an. It's interesting if you get Creighton um, because that is a team that Iowa scrimmages yearly. Uh, but it's a close scrimmage they do. Um, so Iowa knows Creighton personnel. Probably some of their not necessarily, but they know what they like to run. Whether it's offense and defense, those close scrimmages aren't, aren't games. They're they're stopped because they want to work on different things. Uh, so if they do get an interesting matchup, uh, because they probably do know a lot about. Them, them. Uh, the Colorado Colorado would be tough. Um, I know this year, I know they beat Arizona this year. So they've beat a couple of highly ranked teams in Colorado yet. Um, I'm planning to go to that game on Friday, Colorado and Creighton, to, to get a better look at them. Um, and then you mentioned looking further ahead, you look at Iowa State um, in the Sweet 16. Georgia's another one in that that's going to Ames for that regional. That's going to be a tough game for Iowa State. Uh, and if they were to beat Iowa State, I think that would be a tough game for Iowa just because uh, from what I've heard, Georgia likes to play a physical game, uh, which is not the not the type of game that Iowa or Iowa State likes to play. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a tough matchup for Iowa State. And if it happens to be Iowa, I think that could be a, a tough matchup for them as well. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Cyhawk potential rematch in the Sweet 16, um, you can look at it two ways. Like you said, you, you'd like to have a chance to get further and not have those being out. Um, but on the other hand, when you look at just the the headlines that go that would go with that game, um, it would be incredible to see those two teams in the Sweet 16. Uh, and the impact it would have for Iowa would be much of the same as it made a deep tournament run. Uh, just to see those two teams match up in the Sweet 16 um, and what that means for the state to have that type uh, for two in-state teams. And you're talking about the Sweet 16, uh, not just a regular season matchup. If that happened, that would be an interesting matchup. Uh, I'll probably be down there in Greensboro for that game. Um, so I, I will say I'm kind of rooting for that matchup uh, just so I can go down there. But uh, I don't think the draw is super hard. Um, I think it's easier, obviously, but a tournament. So you expect some of those tough games. Yeah, absolutely. Great way of breaking that that all down. Um, talking about the Iowa-Iowa State game, it, it would be interesting, right? I love the way – I really love the way women's basketball does it where the top four seeds get home games. I think that just – that really emphasizes trying to get up to that four-seed line. Um, and I love the fact that Iowa gets two games at Carver, especially because I think Iowa has one of the best home court advantages in the entire country. Carver can get absolutely rocking. Uh, we saw that Iowa versus Michigan. So a really good, advantageous um, opportunity for the Hawks. Uh, Iowa versus Iowa State in the Sweet 16. I know they'll be in Greensboro, but can you imagine that game being played at like Wells Fargo or something like that? Wells Fargo is still around. I haven't been in Des Moines in a long time. It's still Wells Fargo, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's well, – yeah. Uh, can you imagine having that game played at Wells Fargo and just how crazy that atmosphere would be? I wish I wish the women's tournament could do that. That would be 
that would be a lot of fun. Obviously, it wouldn't be feasible because Iowa or Iowa State would turn around and have to go to South Carolina a day later to play in that game. But um, anyways, definitely an interesting matchup. How do you feel like what, what has changed for Iowa versus Iowa State since they met up earlier on in the season and Iowa fell to Iowa State 77 to 70 um, back in early December? Well, I haven't followed Iowa State a lot after the game, just kind of what they've been doing. So obviously, they're a three-seed, which means they've had a very successful second to two-seed for most of the season, um, and they were in the top ten for most of the season. So they've had a really good season, um, and Iowa lost that game. The thing with the Iowa at that point was they were still go, uh, stopping and starting through most of that season with, with COVID, whether it was on their end or on, on someone else's end. They had they – had, uh, finals week in there so they they had another stretch where they didn't play um so i think the big thing there was was iowa had to play that game when they weren't really consistently playing games um which isn't an excuse isn't an excuse to lose that game but that is really what it was they were just not consistently playing games um so now that i was getting that they're on they're on their bed now obviously seven wins in a row like i mentioned six of them are quad one wins so they're they're beating very good teams um I mean, you look at the play of someone like Monica Sinai, obviously near the top of the country in, in field goal percentage, but what she's done over the last, she's almost shooting 80% from the floor. Um, so so she was, she's reason, but this last stretch in particular has been even better. Martin, the play that she, she's had over the last few games, she's been great the whole season, going kind of unnoticed, um, but she's really stepped in a bigger role here over the last few games. Uh, obviously, you got McKenna Warren injury. So I think everything's really coming together for Iowa right now. Um, so I I, I think the big thing that's changed from the season when they played Iowa State is just the consistency to play play a lot of games in a row and stopping and starting. Um, but as a team, they're playing they're playing their best basketball right now. Absolutely. And when you look at that game back in December, there wasn't a lot of, of just differences between the two teams, right? Neither team shot particularly well. Um, Iowa actually outshot Iowa State 40% to 38%, um, even outshot them at three-pointers. The biggest difference here was free throws. Um Iowa had 20 person or you know 20 fouls. Iowa State had 12. Iowa State converted 16 of their 22 free throws. Iowa converted five of their six free throws. Now it's worth noting that was at Hilton. Um, so an away game. Uh, who knows kind of what happened there with some of those items as well. Um, definitely an interesting matchup. It'll be a lot of fun for the state if Iowa does play Iowa State. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Iowa can kind of go throughout this tournament and see how far they get. And we're going to talk about that. I want to get your predictions for Iowa in this NCAA tournament. How far do you think they can go? What do you feel like has to go right for them to get there? What do you feel like would go wrong that would cause them to not get there? And then we're going to talk about the Iowa baseball team because uh, they have a ton of talent on that team. And you also cover them for Hawkeye Report as well. Before we get to that, though, March Madness is this week. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we are running our brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of the madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain new customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we are running our brackets there ourselves. There is literally no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. 
All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. And it is that time of year again, y'all. We are literally at days away from March Madness. In fact, we have playing games today. That means you got to go make some extra money in your pocket, but that means you got to go to betonline.net. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And with March Madness going on, you might have some brackets in place, but maybe you want to put a little extra money in your pocket on each of these games. Maybe you see an opportunity, an advantage, right? We have Indiana. We also have Rutgers playing in these playing games. Those are some opportunities. Do you believe in the Big Ten? Maybe you put some money on them. Maybe you want to put some money on Iowa to go deep in this tournament. Maybe go to the Final Four. Maybe to go to the National Championship game. Get your odds right there at betonline.net. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. So Kyle, we've talked about the different matchups Iowa has. I want to get your thoughts on how far does Iowa go in this tournament? What is your prediction for the Hawkeyes in this NCAA tournament? Yeah, um, I mean, looking at the bracket, there's I think I think there's there's opportunities to have some tough games along the way before you talk about uh, Elite Eight, Final Four. Obviously, we talked about uh, Colorado and Creighton, both very talented teams. You could see either one in the second round. Uh, then you talked about the possibility of Iowa State or Georgia in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, both of those would be very tough matchups, obviously. Once you look down the road, you know, Elite Eight would be South Carolina, um, as long as South Carolina doesn't get upset, which, I mean, Arizona's in there, uh, and they're they're part of the bracket. I, I don't think Arizona could beat them. Um, you get to that Iowa-South Carolina matchup, and that's that's a very tough matchup. Um, it's it's hard to say because, you I mean, until you see them on the court. Um, South Carolina, like I said, has lost a couple of games to, they've lost to Missouri who, who was on the bubble. They lost to Kentucky recently, um, who was a seven, six seed. Um, so they've lost a couple of games against some lower seeded teams. So that's not, uh, to say that Iowa couldn't beat them because like we talked about earlier, this isn't a year where the one seed is just going to go to the final four. Um, South Carolina has lost to a couple of those lower seeded teams. Uh, so it shows that they can lose. Um, that would be a very tough matchup. I think you'd really need a big game from Caitlin Clark. Uh, Aaliyah Boston probably have to get into some foul trouble. Um, it's hard to say. I, I don't want to make a prediction on that type of game, but I think the Elite Eight uh, is definitely a, a spot that they can make it to because Iowa State's a very beatable team. Um, Georgia's a beatable team. And then you talked about, like I said, Colorado and Creighton, uh, very beatable teams. So I, I think Elite Eight um, is a, definitely a possibility. And then once you get to that game, it's Iowa, South Carolina for a spot in the Final Four. So that's a, a Elite Eight would be a great run. Um, I know Caitlin Clark and the entire team really wants to make a final four. Um, but like I said, you get that elite eight spot. It's anyone's mat or anyone's game at that point. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this roster, right. For South Carolina and just the size is what really stands out to me. And that was the issue. Even when we saw Iowa take on Baylor, um, a couple of years ago, it was the pure size that they have. It's just such an advantage. Monica is a phenomenal post player. But she's not six foot five. She's not six foot seven. She's and at a certain degree, that size does does matter. And when you have size like that across the entire lineup, it can make those matchups a little bit more difficult. We saw Iowa versus Maryland, I believe it was earlier on in this year. Um, they really impacted Caitlin Clark quite a bit because they had athletic guards with some size who were able to handle Caitlin Clark three to four feet 
in front of the three-point line and not allow her to get some of those you know logo shots off as much as she would like to do i would agree with you though that this is a game when you have a size advantage like south carolina does you're going to need some phenomenal guard play to keep you in you're going to need a next level national player of the year type of game from caitlin clark to be able to get you through there it is not impossible right we've seen this iowa women's basketball team shoot the three ball really well we've seen caitlin clark be able to find those women and get them opportunities as well gabby marshall can hit her stock kate martin mckenna warnock so lots of opportunity there uh, definitely an interesting uh situation we have coming up so quickly to get to the next piece before we go to iowa baseball um if Iowa were to lose in the Sweet 16 or not make it out of the Sweet 16, what do you feel like went wrong? Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of those the two points that I've been talking about all season in my articles, and that's in the defensive boards. If you turn the ball over a lot, uh, that's going to they've done that in games where they've given a team other teams opportunities to score off turnovers, uh, and then the the other thing that is allowing teams to get offensive rebounds. Um, it seems like a it seems like such a simple thing, kind of like me getting out of it easy to just go turnovers and offensive rebounding. Uh, that, that's real. <laughs> that really is the that really is the the big point with this team. And times where Iowa loses, you look at the points off turnovers, the second chance points, uh, and those are the things that hurt them. Uh, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to box out. Um, they're getting shots up, up um, which they've been doing better times during this this run, and then handling the ball, being clean with the ball. Uh, which they did really during the Big Ten tournament against Nebraska and Indiana. They they did a good job of that. Uh, and then really when you talk about turnovers is Caitlin Clark. Uh, as of late, some starts where she's she comes out a little hyped up in games. She doesn't need to make. Um, that's just a big thing. If she can come into a game settled down, um, when you talk about a Sweet 16 game against an Iowa State or an Elite Eight game against South Carolina, uh, getting off to a good start where you do a bunch of turnovers and getting yourself full, uh, that'll be the big thing for them. So if they were to lose before that, it would be because they either turned it over too much uh, or they allowed too many second chance points. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed with this women's basketball team is the there, there's a lot of entry passes uh, of you know wings driving to the lane, and it just seems to kind of go off the hands, right? There's a lot of uh, like you talk about a finesse team, um, very tough, difficult uh, passes and. Sometimes we're just not able to careen those things in, which is which is unfortunate. But those lead to a lot of turnovers as well. Um, Iowa needs to be able to get their hands on that and then convert at the hoop. Um, I appreciate you. I think those are two very valid things, right? I mean, you want to you want to call it uh, maybe those are being easy, but I think th those are legit. Those are exactly what Iowa needs to figure out and clean up to be able to make a run in the tournament. So turning our attention, um, you are. A man covering a lot of teams here. You cover the Iowa women's basketball team, but you also cover the Iowa baseball team, and you do a phenomenal job at Hawkeye Report. Um, I want to make sure everyone who's listening to this uh, when this actually drops knows that. Definitely check out the stuff you're doing for the Iowa baseball team as well. Um, what is the current state of Iowa baseball? Before we got on the show, I, I told you I've been trying to follow, but I'll be completely honest, I just don't do as good of a job. Basically, my following is looking at your tweets and as you kind of tweet the entire game out, I'll follow along that. Um, but the biggest memories that stick out to me is Iowa taking care of business and allowing, I think, like five hits on opening weekend and scoring 30 runs um, against quality mid-major opponents and then turning around and losing to D3 schools in Iowa. Um, what What is the state of Iowa baseball? And what can we expect as Iowa fans uh, for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think the start of the season really showed what this team has the potential to be. Um, obviously, I do that every single weekend. 
Um, but they, they showed that they can be a very good team. Uh, but since then, they've they've struggled, uh, really, just from a standpoint of whether it's they give up a, a few runs or, or they, the pitching gives up too many free bases or the hitting just doesn't score enough. That, that's really been the issue over the last few weeks is being able to put it together. Um, going back to last week, they, they play Wichita State. Uh, they lose that game. There were, there were three, four, five plays. Um, actually went down as errors. Uh, but if you watch the game, there were plays where you think, man, that's a play that's got to be made. Um, I don't remember what inning. Uh, fly warning track. Braden Frazier goes up. Looks like it's in his glove. He hits the hits the netting that's surrounding the scoreboard there in the outfield. Ball comes out of his glove. Uh, uh, bases were loaded. All three runs score in the game. Um, that's the type of play that, that it's a tough play. But but Rick Keller said after the game that th- those four or five plays that, that really changed the, the com- complexion of the game, they're plays that they make. Uh, you turn around the next day against Texas A&M, two earned runs, and they scored seven. Uh, five unearned runs in that game, you lose by four. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow. And then you talk, talk about just free bases in some games, costing you games. It's, it's just uncharacteristic. And, and when you see what they've been able to do with the first four games of the season, you see what they can do. It's disappointing to see them not be able to put it together. Um, they've got to find a way here sometime soon. Uh, because the schedule doesn't get any easier. You I mean you talk about Texas Tech coming in this weekend? You got Central Michigan the next weekend, and then you get into Big Ten play with Michigan, who's a very good. Team. Um, so when you talk about NCAA tournament chances, you got you got to win some of those. Building a resume, and you can't dig yourself a hole. Um, so so like I said, it's, it's kind of disappointing right, right now to see how they're playing um, because because of what I know they can, what I know other fans know that they can do um, because they do have a very talented team. Uh, so hopefully they can. They definitely have it in them. It's just a matter of cutting down on the free bases if you're the pitching staff, which we've seen them do, uh, and then getting consistent hitting from up and down. Keaton Anthony and Peyton Williams are doing an excellent job. Keaton Anthony is off to an incredible start to the season at the plate, um, but it's kind of hit or miss on who uh, steps up at the plate. Kyle, I, like I said, I appreciate you being on the show. We've had you on several times before. You always do such a great job of dropping a lot of knowledge on the Iowa women's basketball side and also the Iowa baseball side. Um, I want to know, where can folks find all of your work at? Yeah, on HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, rivals, uh, IowaRivals.com, I believe, is what you're going to be looking for. Um, yeah, I'll be posted on there. Women's basketball, they'll be in the NCAA tournament this weekend at Carver, so I'll be there. Um, I'll, I'm trying to get as much baseball in as I can. Uh, with Texas Tech coming this weekend, I, I might have to run over from Carver on Friday to catch the last few innings of that Friday game. Um, but I'm doing my best over there, trying to get as much as I, I can. Hopefully I can catch uh, most of both teams this weekend. Um, but yeah, IowaRivals.com is where all my stuff will be. Awesome. And if you are on the YouTube, you can see his Twitter account as well as Huseman Kyle or at Huseman Kyle. So make sure to check that out. He does a great job of breaking down uh, live updates of all the games he is covering. Kyle, appreciate you coming on. We'll have to have you on another time as well. And hopefully uh, you get to go down to Greensboro and have a fantastic time covering Iowa basketball team, making a very impressive run. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thank you all for making this your first listen every single day. Now it's time to make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft podcast, hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast at. And that will do it today for all the the Hawkeye Nation shows we got going on. So have a fantastic day, Hawkeye Nation. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, let's go Hawks.